the rugby, the footy, the horses, the golf, the ga. Students, whatever you're a fan of, fuel your passion for sport with a little help from Vodafone X. Switch today and never miss a moment with Sky Sports Mobile TV and 20 gigs of 4G data for just 20 euro top-up, plus 100 minutes of calls and unlimited tax. Now that's more fuel for more fun. Search Vodafone X now. For full terms, conditions and limitations, including our fair usage policy, see Vodafone.ie. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Sound the Foghorn podcast presented by Around the Foghorn. Your home for San Francisco Giants baseball on the fan-sided network. What's up, guys? This is Daniel Ferry. It is good to be back on the show this week. It's been a while. It sure has been a while, um, but it is good to be here. I am joined by your co-host for this weekend. We got Justin, or not this weekend, but this week, Justin Rogers. Justin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I wish it was the weekend, but I'm happy know, to be here right? nonetheless. Only Tuesday, man. Ugh. All right, so we will have the Giants game. I know the Giants game starting here in like about 15 minutes or so, 10, 15 minutes is when it's supposed to have first pitch. Um, so if you are watching, go ahead and give us a listen um, and pull us pull us up alongside it. Uh, we'll kind of keep you updated on it if you're not listening or not watching, um, listening to us instead. Um, I don't know why you do that, but go ahead and go go. Check out the Giants game tonight. Uh, Johnny Cueto's on the hill against Patrick Corbin. Um, we are here, um, and we are. I mean, the big topic so far has been opening day, um, and the whole uh, the lovely I won't say mess, but the mess that happened. Um, Justin, what are your thoughts overall on opening day? Um, that's kind of what I would like to hear, and I'm sure everyone else would like to hear because that was quite the day. Um, so, what do you think overall about opening day? Yeah, so unfortunately, I didn't really get to watch the game that much. I watched about the first half inning when the Giants were up, and then I had to go to the. I was going to the Warriors game, so I was listening to it on the radio the whole way down. And just for the first half of the game, I was really ecstatic. I thought everything was going great. Mad bum hit two home runs, which I I kind of called the first one. I was like, I said to my girlfriend, I was like, I really hope he hits a home run here. And then what do you know? He comes up and he hits the home run. So. Obviously, that was awesome to watch. Um, it was really unfortunate, though. He ended up – he was cruising through the first five or six innings or so, and then he gave up three runs on three hits, including the two-run bomb. And then, um, But I really liked how the offense responded after that. They got a run back. They uh, took the lead again, and then, I mean, the bullpen just – it just seemed like New Year, same story, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was funny watching it all happen, and in my head, I'm like, nah, they're gonna, they're, they'll be fine. It's in, like it is. It's a new year. It's got a different bullpen. Derek Laws primed. All this happened, and it just fell apart. Um, which, I mean, I just kind of, I kind of chuckled at it at all too, because, you know, I mean, how, what are the odds that this would happen again? Um, <laughs> and then you go tomorrow, yesterday, uh, Santiago Casilla comes up and goes, you know, maybe walks one guy, and then you know, closes out the game, shuts the door on the Angels. Um, but I think I, I'm kind of with you, too. It was a little bit is disappointing, obviously. Um, and I know a lot of fans are quite disappointed about the way it turned out. They were winning, um, cruising. Uh, Bumgarner 
um, you know, gives up that run. And that the issues too is, I mean, think of this, this Diamondbacks lineup is a lot better than it was last year. Um, they didn't have a yeah. true leadoff guy. Um, once they, they traded away Ender NCRJ, who could have been the leadoff guy when AJ Pollock was hurt. But AJ Pollock comes back in. And he's a fantastic center fielder. He's fast. He can make a lot of contact. He gets on the base pads and just kind of wreaks havoc, almost kind of like they're Eduardo Nunez, and they were missing him all last year. Now you see what happens when he's in the lineup for them. He creates a lot. Three hits, two RBIs, two runs, had, you know, and five at bats. And uh, he get that hit that home run off of Bumgarner. Um, get the two run bomb. And I mean, it's a, he was one of the differences in the game. And so, I mean, the, this Diamondbacks team is going to be a lot. I think it's going to be a little bit better than last year. Um, I still don't entirely trust their pitching staff beyond Granke, but again, you go and look at the bullpen. Um, it was kind of sad how it all worked out. Um, I think too, a lot of it, let's, I mean, let's look at opening day. There were multiple teams across the league that blew that their bullpen blew it where you had, um, the uh, the Chicago I mean the St Louis Cardinals bullpen almost blew it to the Cubs and then the Cubs came back and they won and or the Cardinals came back and their bullpen and the Cubs bullpen blew it um, you had the, the Kansas City Royals bullpen walked in three runs I mean guys it, this letting up hits and dribblers through the infield and you got fast guys that make that you know take an extra base and stuff like that uh, it's it's uh, it's you know it's okay it's opening day jitters were up they were leaving the ball up um they're kind of excited and i'm sure the pressure was there too on guys like Derek law and even you know melanson to come in and to shut the door and to get that done with the history of last year okay the the pressure was put on their shoulders and having i think that combo just wasn't the greatest um i know i'm not i i have been very vocal about not being in the overreaction camp um to what happened on sunday um, just because it is opening day, it is one game out of 161 left, and who knows? They may only have like six or seven games like this this year. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it may just have been a freak thing that the way it all worked out. And, um, but another thing you look at it too is Madison Bumgarner was cruising, absolutely cruising, and they pulled him out at 88 pitches. Um, I think that's one thing a lot of people um, were kind of upset. We're, I, won't, I won't say upset about, but we're kind of questioning why would you pull him out when he was absolutely rolling? Uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I was I was really scratching my head at that one too. Um, I mean, I saw he gave up. It, it was kind of more difficult for me because I was in the car listening to it, but I I had Twitter on my I was on Twitter on my phone. We made a we made a stop, and I was checking, and I saw that they pulled him out after 88 pitches. I really thought that was unlike Bochy and the Giants to do, especially to Bumgarner, which we all know can pitch deep into games, and we know how clutch he is. And um, with the uncertainty of the bullpen and everything with last year, I thought they would have for sure rode with Bumgarner, at least until he got himself into a little more trouble. I don't know. I, I, I would have thought they would have at least left him in, um, gave him a chance to throw 100 pitches. I yeah, mean, it's not like and I think... Well, either... Or anything. I mean, he added what, like a mile yeah. and a half on his fastball. Yeah, I know. His his velocity was way up yesterday, uh, which is one thing. You know, we, it was almost a concern last year, and they started out his velocity. They said, like, oh, his velocity's coming down. His velocity's back up, and almost higher than it's ever been. Um, which kind of just shows he's ready to hit the prime of his career and the prime of his yeah. time as a giant. Um, 
I do look at it, though, and you look at uh, where the issues happened for Derek Law um, was that the fact that the Diamondbacks were, when Derek Law came in the eighth, the Diamondbacks, if they had left Madison Bumgarner in, that top of the lineup would have come up against him getting four uh, for their fourth time. And they already kind of hit him hard in the third time, which is when they came back in the sixth inning. So I, I understand that that's what Bochy was trying to do and trying to give him a different look from the other side. Um, which, I mean, really, there, you know, a couple of the hits that they got through were just dribblers, seeing eye dribblers that got through with the diamond. I mean, the Arizona infield is always lightning fast. It's always been that way. Um, and that's always been something that, uh, you know, we've had to get used to with um, the whole, with playing in Arizona is that the ball travels differently than it does at AT&T. It's a faster infield. The ball flies. Um, so uh, it's, Overall, you know, it, the situation may not have been the best for Bumgarner because who knows, Bumgarner comes out in the eighth inning and let's say he gets rocked and again and they have to pull him and, you know, Derek Law comes in. I'd rather have Derek Law coming in with uh, empty bases and no outs than yeah. coming in with, you know, let's say Bumgarner loads the bases and there's one out and, you know, you got to rely on on a trying to either get a double play or a force out of home or something like that. So I, I understand, I think, where Bochy was coming from. But at the same time, like, Madison Bumgarner's the horse. You just got to ride him through it all. Um, and I think it, it, it's, it very easily could have gone bad, too, if they left in Bumgarner. Um, but that was one of the interesting things. Um, let's talk overall about the bullpen, since that is the bulk of the talk surrounding this game, uh, not the fact that the Giants had the bases loaded and Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford up and didn't get a run in the um, or add on in the top of the ninth, get a nut, get an extra couple of runs. Um, the bullpen was the talk. Um, so let's talk about the bullpen. Do you like Derek Law in the eighth inning or and overall, do you see uh, I mean, do you like Derek Law in the eighth inning? Do you like where the kind of where it looks like Bochi was laying out his hierarchy and the way they're going to get outs and try and use the bullpen. Um, and then uh, another question, I, it's a two-part question. And then um, do you see this as being just kind of a first game, you know, jitters out um, kind of a thing, or do you think this is a trend that we should really be worried about over the rest of the season? Yeah, I, I actually, if, I mean, obviously I would have liked to have seen Bumgarner go out in that eighth inning, but I do like the move that Bochy made to go with Law first out of the pen for that eighth inning setup role. I think with the year he had last year, he definitely deserves to get his shot in the in the late innings, especially with um, the uncertainty of Hunter Strickland, who I actually thought pitched really well in this game. But I think it was the right move to bring in Derek Law and... I mean, I think it's one of those things that it's the first game of the year. I mean, if if he's coming in time and time again over the course of the next couple of weeks or so and he's really struggling, then I think really you have to reassess it and maybe try and um, trot Strickland out there or someone else maybe. But for the time being, I, I like Law in that eighth inning role. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. Um, I mean, Derek Law was the best pitcher in the bullpen last year, period. Stats tell you it. Look it by the eye test. Um, he came in and got outs consistently and was a reliable entity in that bullpen last season when there wasn't a whole lot of reliability. And I think a good thing that you pointed out too was Hunter Strickland's performance. Um, holy cow, uh, that he, he used a lot of off-speed stuff and his off-speed stuff looked good, um, which has been a concern with him is that he just throws 
straight fastballs um, and kind of just lays them out there. And it's like, hey, can you hit 97 miles an hour? Well, in this day and age, and now with hitters, they can hit 97 miles an hour. Um, so with more pitchers pitching faster, people are used to hitting it. Um, and his fastball doesn't have a whole lot of movement on it. So it's not deceptive. It's not running in or away from a hitter. Um, so then he, that you have to question that he needs to have that secondary stuff, that secondary pitch. And that looked really, really good. And it was starting to look good towards the end of the, uh, towards the end of the spring training. Um, so I think Strickland is one to keep an eye on as a very, as an improved entity in the bullpen, even though he had one of his best years last year as a pitcher as well. Um, so I, I'm very much, this is one game just relax. Let's, Let's see, okay, is this going to be a trend over 20 games? How many times does the bullpen cough up a lead or, you know, have, have issues? I don't know. Uh, we can't answer that for another 10, 15 games, and I don't think that's something we should take cra- go crazy on now because, I mean, you, you see some bullpens that were very reliable around the rest of the league or, quote-unquote, very reliable around the rest of the league, and uh, they, they imploded on opening day um, just – the, the nerves trying to get the win first day, first game of the year. I can, you know, it's, it's opening day. There's going to be jitters. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just don't want to put a whole lot of stock in it yet. Um, and I'm certainly not going to start ripping. I know I saw one comment that it was Derek law, you know, will be down in Sacramento in a week. Uh, Derek law will not be in Sacramento at all unless he's rehabbing an injury. Um, so that, that that's it. He's that good. And he's going to stay in the Giants bullpen. Um, one thing I look at that I didn't like is the fact that they use Ty Block, who's a starter, as the lefty guy because he is the only lefty in the bullpen. And I go back to the options. Uh, I made a little rant in our writers group chat here for the Foghorn that it's ridiculous that Bruce Bochy was looking at options here instead of the on paper. Stephen Okert was one of the best pitchers in spring training, had a way better spring than Corey Guerin, but Corey Guerin didn't have any more options. So Corey Guerin makes the roster. Well, you really could have used a lefty like Stephen Okert in there for a little bit. And maybe Stephen Okert could be a guy that you use in the eighth inning or the seventh inning, you know? And I think it's kind of, to me, it's ridiculous that he got left off the roster um, that's my soap. That's my little soapbox on that. Um, but, uh, I mean, let's, uh, overall, I just think it's, it's, it's game one. We just need to chill on the bullpen guys. Um, and one, get behind them and support them instead of, you know, up oh, here they come. It's time to blow it. And I know Giants fans are conditioned to do that after last year. It, it felt like that. You could just see it coming every single time. Um, but I think you need to give, I think we need to give this bullpen um, a little bit of leash and a little bit of leeway. Um, do you have anything else you want to add on the opening day and the bullpen at all? Um, you pretty much nailed it on the head right there in regards to fans freaking out. I mean, I know that because of last year, it there's more reason to freak out and like ordinarily if they didn't have those um problems that they did last year they they wouldn't be nowhere near as worried as they are now but i i still think it's funny those hot takes that people are taking like Derek law going down to sacramento in a week i think that's kind of ridiculous and absurd like you said it's just opening day and um in regards to the whole lefty bullpen situation i thought that was extremely risky Bochi putting block in that situation just because of 
he's a younger pitcher. He's a starter for one, and here he is coming in in the in the crunch time in the eighth inning. But um, hats off to him for uh, really owning the moment and n- not really showcasing any of those uh, opening day jitters. Um, but I do think realistically they're going to need a left-handed option like Oker in the bullpen. I mean, I, I feel like if uh, Garen struggles, maybe he'll be the one to get the ha, maybe he'll have a quick leash yeah um i don't know we'll see it's very like i said it's it's those that clearly the options game is playing heavy in the mind of bobby evans and i mean we've seen decent stuff from garen um which is one of those that makes you think you know you don't want to dfa him and because you know another team could easily snap him up and he may figure things out this year so it's I, I get the concerns there, but you also have to look and say options. You know, you continue to roll out righties in your bull, as your out of your bullpen, and you know it's, it becomes very predictable who and what's coming in. Um, so we'll see how it plays out the rest of the year. Um, looking into the game live right now, looks like Buster Posey's up. Uh, Hunter Pence hit a double. There's two outs in the top of the first. Um, if you can't follow along in the game live. Um, but we are here. Um, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Um, we're going to talk the NL West, um, give our predictions and, uh, look at the Dodgers, the Rockies as an upstart and, uh, who out of the Arizona Diamondbacks or the Padres kind of, kind of ends up in last or, you know, where, where do they, where do they even fit into the overall picture of the West? Um, so all that, and we got a little bit more for you. So just hang tight. It'll be a quick break. All right, we are back. Um, just a quick break there. Uh, earlier, we were talking about opening day. Now we are on to the NL West predictions. Um, first off, let's just look at the Giants overall. I know we were talking about what we saw opening day and the makeup of the bullpen. Justin um, is back with us still, our co-host. Uh, what? Let's just talk about this, the Giants. Outside of the bullpen, um, how do you feel that this the roster shaped up? Do you feel... Um, it was fair. Aaron Hill makes a team. Kelby Tomlinson not, although we, we are a giant Kelby Tomlinson fan club here at Around the Foghorn. But, um, what, I mean, what are your thoughts on the roster, how it all shakes up? Uh, what do you, and what do you see this team maybe a strength and a weakness um, in the Giants this year? Yeah, I really – I like how the way – I like the way the roster is shaped up so far. Like you said, it's unfortunate that – Kelby was left off the roster after he had a better spring than Aaron Hill. But uh, like you said, they're all about the options. And, I mean, they didn't want to let Aaron Hill get away, so they're going with a more experienced role on the bench. But I think Kelby will be on the roster at some point this season. I mean, I think it's inevitable. Um, Another thing, I mean, we all know the left field option there, the uncertainty uh, regarding left field. That's one of the big holes on this roster. Other than that, though, I I like how it shapes out. Um, One of the players that I feel is really underappreciated by Giants fans, who's actually a pretty legitimate player on this team, is uh, Eduardo Nunez. I actually really like him at third base, and I feel like a lot of Giants fans value him as a temporary option or someone who could be replaced almost immediately without um 
they just don't think he makes a difference. But I actually like his style of play. He was an all-star last year, and, I mean, in opening day at three hits. So I like him in the lineup. Um, I mean, I think it's a pretty solid lineup throughout. If if Span could get on base to lead off the games, I think that would be huge. Unfortunately, he's injured right now. Let's hope it's nothing too serious. But I liked how he was able to get off kind of to a hot start in the first game he got two base hits so I thought that was huge because we saw him struggle a lot throughout the season last year before kind of turning it on towards the end but yeah I like the offense throughout I like the starting rotation we'll see how Samarja does this year we'll see how Matt Moore does in his first official big league season with the with the Giants his first full one and then we'll see again how long Matt Cain has a leash in that fifth starter role. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I I don't know where Matt Cain's leash is at. Uh, we did see some more promising things. Is that um, for, at the end of spring training from him, where um, you know the balls that players were hitting weren't going far, which means they're making contact wasn't up. Um, that the, the pitches weren't being left up for the most part. Um, that was a huge issue. I thought for Kane all throughout spring training is that you know, he would miss, he would miss in bad spots and not miss outside of the zone. And because he's such a, he's a guy who's going to pound the strike zone. Um, his misses will usually stay within the strike zone. And that means if it's out of his location, there's a good chance it's in a spot where the opponent can hit. Um, so that's a worry. If he can continue to earn back that fastball command and the overall pitch command, um, which was his significant strength, um, in his earlier years with the Giants. Um, like you said, the rotation is solid. Um, I think Matt Moore, I think we're going to see a lot of good out of Matt Moore. Um, hopefully he can minimize the guys that he's bringing on base because I know he does have a little bit of, he's a strikeout pitcher, so sometimes he tries to work a little too close, um, doesn't rely on his stuff getting contact out. But you see, I mean, the game where he, uh, I'm pretty sure the game where he had that, where the no hitter against the Dodgers was broken up by Corey Seager. Pretty sure he had less. He didn't have that many strikeouts. He wasn't striking out guys left and right. It just seemed like it was a lot of contact outs. And I think if he can learn um, how to create bad contact and get outs that way too, um, man, you're going to see a Matt Moore that's really going to take off as the third starter. Um, Johnny Cueto is going to be Johnny Cueto. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, we already have seen, is going to be Madison Bumgarner this year. And it, you know, he may be poised to have the best season of his career. Um, I'm with you on the lineup too, especially. I do like this lineup and I'm with you on Eduardo Nunez. Um, he provides better defense than Connor Gillespie at third. Um, he's quicker. He's got more range. Um, he's got, he has the ability to play shortstop too. Um, he played there a little bit with the Yankees in Minnesota. Um, so right now we put him at third base because there's no way he's playing over Grant Crawford. Um, oh, but no. at the same time, well, hey, there's not. I don't think there's many shortstops in all of baseball who we'd be playing over Brandon Crawford. Um, so yeah, if you look at it, yeah, really. Um, and I mean, Eduardo Nunez is going to be fine at third base. And like you said, he provides something different in this lineup than 280, you know, 19 bombs, uh, a lot of base hits and stuff like that. What? But he gets on base, and you saw last last week or in the opening game, he had, he stole two bases. He got three hits, including a double, um, was put, he was constantly pressuring any single time he got on base. I think it's Denard's fan struggles that they have to put Eduardo Nunez in the leadoff spot. 
um, just because of at how what he can do. He's the guy like Angel Pagan. When Angel Pagan was so good in 2012 and in 2014, 2013, Angel Pagan was so stinking good because he would get on base and he would cause things to happen. He would get at the top of the lineup. He was on base all the time, whether it was whether it was a walk, whether it was a base hit, whether it was a double, a triple. Pagan always made something happen when he came up to the plate. Um, and uh, if Span did not do a very good job of that when last year, and it was very up and down and inconsistent. Uh, and I think if if he can't be consistent, and if he's going, we're going to get out of Denard Span what we got last year. Um, then I think Eduardo Nunez would be a great option to put it lead off. I think tonight I was hoping he would play lead off, especially since Span's kind of got the hip injury. Um, they've got Gorky's Hernandez out there. Um, you talk about the. I mean, the, the outfield battles, Gorky's Hernandez was always going to be on this roster. He's the only one who can play center field outside of Denard Span on this roster. Um, so he was going to be here. Um, I, I think he'll be a good – he's going to be a Gregor Blanco type option, I think. Um, and then you have the, the cool story of Chris Marrero. He could hit. He could hit, He proved it in AAA last year, hit 23 home runs in AAA. He led the Giants and led – Almost, he was tied up there at the top in baseball for home runs during spring training. Um, so the guy can hit. Um, it's exciting uh, in left field. It's kind of interesting that Jared, Jared Parker. They've got the whole platoon thing going on. Uh, we'll see how Jared Parker does. Uh, I'm a little. I don't know if the platoon long term is a good idea. I don't know if maybe if Mac Williamson or Chris Marrero can show that they can hit both sides, a righty and a lefty, maybe one of them finally overtakes Jared Parker. Um, who knows? Uh, like I said, we got 161 games to figure all this out. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. I was, I mean, you know, we go to Kelby. I'm sad Kelby didn't make the roster, but I think one of his things was defensively at shortstop. He didn't really um, offer what Aaron Hill can offer defensively. And Aaron Hill has experience all over the, the infield, um, in all over in American league in the national league, he's been all over the place and he's a solid veteran to have. Um, so I think, I think, I think it's a good move to, to roll with that, that I'm okay with. Um, I, I would like to see, um, Oh gosh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, Nick Hundley too, I think is a really, really underrated pick, um, pickup because Trevor Brown last year was just, he, he, he was an okay backup at best. Um, Nick Hundley is an outstanding backup. At, uh, and he, ta- he, I mean, he, when he was injured a little bit last year, but when he played with the Rockies, um, he was fantastic for them. And you saw he's done a good job this spring. Um, he hit that grand slam at Oakland. Um, I think having a guy like Hundley, who's a very good defensive catcher as well, and can hit a little bit, is a good thing to have because then Buster Posey's off days, you can put him at first for his quote unquote off day. If you need to give him one yep. and allows that leeway um, to do that in the lineup uh, for Buster's days. So instead of, okay, so he has maybe 40 or 50 off days last year. I don't, I don't know how many games he played in, but um, off the top of my head, but you give him a decent amount of off days Um you can put half of them at first base and he's still in the lineup, still hitting, which is where he wants to be. And defensively it's, it's not as wear and tear on him as playing catcher is. 
Um, and then you have a guy like Nick Cunley who can play 80 or so games um, at, at catcher. Uh, it's, it's a good option and it's, and it's going to help. And it, you know, let's say, what if Buster gets hurt? Um, Trevor Brown is not the answer to Buster getting hurt. Uh, Nick Hunley is a much better answer to that. Um, so I think overall it's a veteran group. Um, they've kind of shored up the questions with players who are not really fully proven at the major league level yet. Um, they filled up those question marks with solid vets who we know, you know, what you're going to get from them. Um, so I think overall, this, this is one of the, this is a very, very solid roster and it's probably one of the best bench depths they've had in a long time. Um, the question is, can the starters stay healthy and produce all year? Um, and that, that's, we'll, we'll have to see that. Um, but uh, overall, I'm liking this Giants team. Uh, we're, give me a win prediction total, and how far do you think they can go this year? So I think they're going to win about maybe 90 games or so. I saw, like, one prediction. Someone said they're only going to win about 86 games, which I thought was a little ridiculous. I think they're better than 86 wins. Um, yeah, so I think they'll win about maybe – 88, 90 games, could win as many as maybe 92. I don't know. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but I think they're a solid team. I think they're a team that's poised to go deep into the playoffs if, like you said, if they can stay healthy. Um, And really if the bullpen doesn't become an issue this year. And, yeah, I think if you tackle those three things, I think the Giants can make it really far into the postseason. I mean, we saw – how well they did last season in the playoffs despite all the holes in their roster. And they nearly came back against the Chicago Cubs who won the World Series. So I think with the added bench depth and adding Melanson to the mix in the in the bullpen and then you have Derek Law and um as the years go on, I think if they can have solid years and then you can get uh, your typical George Conto season, who I think he's another player on this roster who's really underappreciated, really underrated. I think he's a solid option out of the bullpen. So I think if the bullpen doesn't become an issue and if the starters can stay healthy, I think this team can potentially make it to the World Series. I I think they can potentially make it deep into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I think this is a team. I mean, our our, our site. Look at what our site predictions were. Um, we all there was a significant amount of us that thought the Giants could end up in the NL, in the NLCS. I think that's the case as long as they one they make the postseason and two they avoid the Cubs in the NLDS. And I don't that that might be hard considering that you know that to do that they're probably going to have to win the division because it looks like the Cubs are likely going to have the best record in base. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they did again, because they're returning a fantastic team. They're young. All their pitchers are kind of in their prime, still producing. Um, So I'm not shocked if they pull out, you know, having the best record in the national league, that's kind of what I would expect from them. Um, So the question is then they, if the giants want to avoid them, they have to win the division. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to win the division. Uh, the Dodgers are uh, the Dodgers are a very, very good team, and almost, in my opinion, I think they're almost as good as the Cubs. Um, I think their their pitching rotation is um, almost as good, if not better, than the Cubs. Um, 
but uh, you know, I, I mean, at least deeper is uh, than the Cubs, I think. Um, but um, I, I think that's that's going to be a real worry. Um, is if the Giants don't win the division, can they avoid the Cubs? Um, and hopefully they can, because um, you know if they avoid, they, I'm not saying that they can't beat the Cubs, but I think that's a really really tough first round matchup um, to do. Um, we saw they were they almost did it last year. Um, I think if you know if their bullpen's better, they win that series. And if their bullpen's better this year, I think they could win the series because I think they they matched up really really well with them. Um, so, uh, it's going to be fun to see how it goes. I am with you on that win total. I think their, their top, the, the ceiling for their win total this year is probably going to be around 93, 92. Um, I'd expect for them to be somewhere between, um, 80, 87 and 92. I think that's about that five win window right there is kind of where you where you should expect to see them as long as there's not a significant amount of injuries as long as everybody performs to their career averages. Um, I think they'll be perfectly fine. Um, so hopefully this is a good year for the Giants. Um, let's take a look at their biggest competitor in the NL West. And we'll just hit on them briefly. I mean, we've talked about the Dodgers enough on this show. We talked about them with um, Cesar Beccara of um, uh, Dodgers way in our last podcast. I mean, the Dodgers are going to be dangerous again, um, where where do you see the Dodgers at in this? Do you think that the Giants can have a shot at um, you know unseating them on top of the NL West, or you know is it just kind of maybe you know just expect a wild card with the Dodgers to run away with the division? Where are you at on that? I, I think the Dodgers. I think they have one of the best rosters in the league. Uh, pains me to say a little bit, but I mean you you can't really argue with that. I think it'll be a a little bit of a fight between the Giants and the Dodgers. I think it'll be a tough fight, but I think ultimately the Dodgers will come out on top and win that division. Um, I don't know. I, they just have so much talent on that roster. I, I, I think it'd be hard for the Giants to overtake them. I'm optimistic. Um, anything can happen in baseball. I. It's not that I think the Giants are bad or anything like that. I just think the Dodgers are just that good and but I, I think it'll be a tough fight throughout the season. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it'll be close. I'm hoping it comes down to at least the last week. Um, but I, I'm kind of expecting the Dodgers to pull away, um, especially if Clayton Kershaw and the rest of that rotation stays somewhat healthy. Um, they've had a little bit of issues in the past. Uh, the last couple of years, uh, their rotational health has been a question, has been a slight question mark. Um if they can stay healthy and, you know, guys like Corey Seager, um, you know, keep up what they did last year or even build on it, uh, it's, it's going to be a pretty dangerous team. Um, and I, I'm not – I think the Giants, out of the, everybody in the NL West, have the best shot at unseating them, but I still am not sure whether or not they're going to do it. Um, they're going to – that bullpen is going to have to be lights out. They're going to have to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, um, and they're going to have to really – dominate the division outside of the Dodgers. Cause I mean, the giants have been super close head to head with the Dodgers over the last couple of years, but it's been, they, you know, they drop a series in San Diego that they really should have won, you know, cause their bats went quiet or the bullpen blew it. Same with Arizona. They drop a series at home against the, against the Diamondbacks because they blew, blow two saves because a stinking Jake Lamb just hit Santiago Casilla like nobody's freaking business. So 
you know, weird things happen, and the Giants kind of have to solidify that end of it um, if they're going to, you know, unseat the Dodgers atop the NOS. Um, the next team I think that we really should keep an eye on in the NLS is the Rockies. And now I grew up uh, in Turlock, Modesto area. So the, the, the Rockies used to have their single A team um, as the Modesto Nuts. I know this year it changed hands from the Rockies to the, the Seattle Mariners. Uh, but the Modesto Nuts was their high A team. Uh, we've seen everybody from uh, Troy Tulowitzki, Nolan Arenado, Dexter Fowler when he was first coming up with the the Rockies, Chris Iannetta when he was first coming up the Rockies. You've seen Trevor Story down there. So the, the thing with uh, – you've seen these really, really good players um, that have come up there. Then you look at John Gray, Chatwood, um, a lot of these guys that are coming in, um, the young pitching staff uh, that's kind of coming in. And you, you saw them in triple or in single A, and they were fantastic. And now they're, they're here at the big leagues. Um, and they're all kind of coming into their own right now. And you have guys like David Dahl and – you know, Ramel Tapia, and all of a sudden that mixes with Nolan Arenado, and you have then Ian Desmond when he comes back, and Carlos Gonzalez, and this is a really, really good offensive team. Um, I think the pot, the Rockies are going to cause some issues. I actually had them taking the uh, second, the, the second wild card in the, in the National League. Um, I know it's kind of bold, but I think this is a team yeah. if they stay healthy, they could they could take that wild card spot. Um, and I think, in my opinion, they're, they're probably the, the second, the most dangerous team to kind of unseat that Dodgers-Giants hierarchy at the top. What are your thoughts on the Rockies coming into this year? Yeah, I actually just looked at their roster a little bit ago um, just because I've been hearing a lot of talk about how the Rockies uh, could be a contender this year within the NL West and can potentially take a wild card spot this year. So, of course, I looked at their roster naturally, and I actually really like their lineup. I mean, we all have known the Rockies to have a stronger lineup and then be kind of weaker on the pitching end, which I think is still the case, but I think they're heading in the right direction. And I think they can they can be a team this year that can really take some wins away from the Giants or the Dodgers in the NL West. And I think they'll have a, a pretty decent season. Um, I think they can be around 500, but I don't know if they're they're quite yet to overtake to the overtake the division or win a wild card spot just yet. But I think they're definitely headed in the right direction, and I like the way that that roster's shaped up, kind of um, getting more pitching to go along with uh, that strong lineup. Yeah, um, I think that that's one thing. You know, one of their their top pitchers um, in Chad Bettis. Uh, Will is, you know, he's dealing with cancer and, you know, we hope he gets well soon, but uh, that's a big miss in their, in the rotation, which would have been really solid four guys deep. Um, and then they've got a couple of rookies um, down in the bottom end of that rotation. Um, they, they sort of short up their back, their, the backside of their bullpen with uh, Greg Holland. Um, but, you know, Greg Holland's still a question mark because he's coming off the, uh, the, the injury. Um, the, the Tommy John surgery um, that he had to deal with when he was playing in Kansas City. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think I'm with you on that. I think the Rockies, I think their ceiling is about 85 to 87. Is I mean, if they perform lights out to the best of their abilities this season, I think they can win about 87 games and challenge for a wild card spot. But, you know, they have a history of not being, of having some injury issues throughout that roster. 
Um, I think that's going to be a little bit of an issue, and I think the pitching at home has to get better. Um, yeah. Because that, it's a hard thing to pitch there, but man, the, their home and road splits are ridiculous. And you, if they can bring that that home split down just a little bit, um, I think they're going to see a good team. But if not, you know, 500, I think, is where you can expect them. Um, they put they pulled off a 10 game winning streak and put themselves into the heat of the wild card discussion um, right after the All Star break last season. And then Trevor Story got hurt. And then they kind of went downhill from there as a whole lot of other players went down from injuries. And it's, if they can survive that, I think they can kind of be in that wild card contention until at least the last week. Um, but we'll see on that. Um, another one. Now it comes down to the other two teams that we're looking at in the West and who the Giants are playing right now is the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Diego Padres. Um, I don't want to say or ask who's coming in last necessarily, but and who who out of you how do, out of these two teams who do you think um, you know is going to be the better one uh, and the probably the more difficult out of the two come this season? I think the Diamondbacks. I think they have far more talent on their uh, roster than the Padres. I mean, just watching or I didn't get a chance to watch, but just looking at the stats and everything between the Dodgers and Padres game, that was just not the ideal day if you're a Padres fan so I mean I just don't see a lot of talent on that Padres roster where it can translate into really making a difference or even um, really competing compared to the rest of the NL West teams I know that sounds kind of harsh but I think the Diamondbacks have a solid roster I don't really think they're going to do anything special this year but I think in comparison to the Padres, I think they're definitely ahead of them. Yeah, I'm gonna. I agree with you on that. Actually, um, before the season, I think I was a little too high on. Oh, the rookie kids can come in and make a difference, and they uh, they can. I don't know about that for the Padres. I think they, they're rookies that they might be able to hit. I think the Rocky or the the Padres team is going to be able to hit pretty well this year. Uh, that pitching staff is just dismal. Um, and I think that's going to be their big issue it's in, until they get a pitching staff to complement a team that actually has some pretty good hitting prowess and run production prowess in them. They're, they're not going to be able to pull it out. Um, and I think uh, that's um, – and I think the issue is that the Diamondbacks have too many. Um, they have a better rotation than what the, what the Padres have. Pitching wins in the NL West, um, and the – Overall, they, they have a good veteran lineup, I think, the Diamondbacks. They may not be a great lineup, but they have a lot of guys who are now Goldschmidt. You have A.J. Pollock is solid. Um, kind of know what you're going to get from David Peralta. Jake Lamb and Yasmani Tomas have finally kind of come into their own. Um, and uh, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, they have, I mean, they have Daniel Descalso on the bench, um, who's, a, who's a decent overall pro. Um, so I think they're just overall, they have just a better team than the Padres. Um, and I think now the pot, that doesn't mean don't watch Padres games because I really think guys like Manny Manuel Margot and Hunter Renfro are going to be guys that are going to be a pain to deal with in the future of the NLS. Um, and they're going to be really good rookies. And I think that they Hunter Renfro especially could be in the in the, in the conversation, um, for the NL rookie of the year. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I, I don't, like I said, I don't think they're going to be a very good team, but um, they are, doesn't mean you shouldn't take a look at them because they could be interesting and they could, 
you know, if they continue to build, I think they're, I think they're kind of in that Houston Astros um, rebuild type mode where, man, it's been bad for a while now. And so they're just going to give their rookies a shot and they're going to hope they can pull in good young talent and raise a core that way. Um, instead of trying to, you know, where they went out and they signed, they just traded for Matt Kemp and they brought Will Myers and they got Eric Norris and they got James Shields and it looked on paper, they brought in a good ball club, but it just didn't work out. Um, it was kind of, kind of went to crap in 2014 and then in 2015 and it's just, uh, and then so now they're left with the scraps of it. And, you know, Will Myers is really the only solid thing that they ended up with out of that. Um, so um, the Padres, I, like I said, the Padres are probably going to finish last. Uh, the Diamondbacks are going to be, I think they're going to be that pesky fourth team. That's, it's like, you know, the one that you really are better than them you should beat, but they got a lot of solid pros on that team and uh, they have a decent rotation. Um, so I think uh, that they're one to, to kind of keep an eye on is that, that they may end up outdoing the Rockies too, if the Rockies don't um, go crazy this year. So it'll be it'll be interesting to watch that bottom part of the NL West and kind of see who emerges um, from that uh, and who's going to be the team that's going to take the wins off the Giants and Dodgers. Um, but uh, overall, the NL West, um, I think we're both in agreement here on the, the order of it from the Dodgers, Giants in second, Diamondbacks in, or Rockies in third, Diamondbacks in fourth, and the Padres last. Do you have anything different than that or – are you kind of just? Are you kind of in the maybe want to flip flop the Rockies and Diamondbacks? No, I'm I'm pretty much with you on that. Um, I like that order. I mean, I think possibly the Diamondbacks and Rockies can flip flop if uh, the Rockies get struck with the injury bug like they have in years past, and if the um, the Diamondbacks can put together some solid games and stay relatively healthy too. I think. Pollock for them, Pollock being injured was a tough blow for them last year. So I think ideally, in the best-case scenario, they can flip-flop, but I think ultimately it'll be the Rockies coming in third and then D-backs in fourth and then the Padres rounding that out in last. All right, so we have given our outlook on the NL West. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the rest of the league, go over kind of our quick predictions on that, maybe some postseason um predictions and then take a look at maybe some of the award races and give our early looks at that. Um, we did have an article from around the foghorn that uh, we did a poll amongst the writers um, and go check that out. Um, it's on around the foghorn.com. Um, put it up a couple hours ago, compile all the numbers and uh, what we voted for is a website on the, we, the way we think things will pan out for the year um, based on total number of votes. Um, so check that out. Um, we will be back in a couple, uh, say 15, 30 seconds or, or less. Um, just uh, stay tuned with us and we'll be right back. All right. We are back. Um, so uh, as we are back, the Giants just actually went to a break or they're coming back. Um, Giants quick, get a quick update if you're not paying attention to, or not watching the game right now. Um, Giants are up 2 nothing. Hunter Pence, or not Hunter Pence, Gorky's Hernandez um, singled home, uh, gave a boot single in the right, brought home two runs, the bases loaded on that. Um, now Johnny Cueto comes back to the mound for the top of the, for the bottom of the second, 2 nothing lead. Giants, we're going to kind of zoom out from the Giants 
for now. And the NLS, we're going to get a big picture of the entire league. As I mentioned before, as a staff um, at Around the Foghorn, we uh, did our preseason predictions, um, kind of going over each of the divisions. Um, so we're just going to go hit quickly through each division. Um, let's, we're going to start with the American League. Um, Justin, who do you have, or who do you think is going to win the AL East? I pretty much agree with the article that you posted earlier on the site, with uh, which had the voting results. I think the Boston Red Sox are going to win the AL East. I think adding Chris Sale to that rotation was absolutely huge for them, and I think he's going to have a big year for the Red Sox, and uh, I think the Blue Jays will put up a fight with him, but I think ultimately it's the Red Sox division to lose. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, like we said, the voting for that for the website went six votes for the Red Sox, um, two blue, one and then two votes, one going elsewhere, one to the Blue Jays, one to the Yankees. Um, I don't know. We'll see how well the Yankees staff gets in the year. Tanaka was pretty awful. Um, and their opening day, they need for him to be better if they're going to have a serious run this year. Um, I think that the Yankees are for sure interesting because they've got a lot of young talent in there um, combined with some good veterans. That could It could really be interesting to see how they, they kind of come out of it. Um, I'm not going to judge them off of one game because <coughs> Chris Archer was also fantastic for the Blue Jays – or not the Blue Jays, for the, for the Rays. Um, but – um, yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't see um, – I think the Red Sox biggest Achilles heel is actually going to be their bullpen, but the bullpen doesn't make you – unless your bullpen is hideously terrible, your bullpen's not going to kill you in the regular season. It's going to kill you in the postseason. I think that's kind of going to be their Achilles heel um, come October. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think there are other teams in that division, especially the Blue Jays, that are better built for a postseason run per se, um, but maybe not pull off 95, 96 wins in the regular season. Um, we'll go to another division here that's probably just as straight away. Um, AL Central, I had the Cleveland Indians, although our website, we went five votes to the Indians and three to the Royals. Um, Justin, what are your thoughts on that real quick? Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised that it was as close as it was. I thought um, the voting would kind of run away with the Indians. I I personally think the Indians are going to take that division too. I don't think it's as close as the as our site indicates. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Although I be living in Kansas City myself, um, Kansas City has been quite high on the Royals. Um, they feel like this is kind of their one last shot. Um, a full year of a healthy Mustakas, a healthy Alex Gordon, um, and if their bullpen can get its crap into gear, um, I think they could be a really interesting team. They have kind of an underrated rotation, um, full of solid pros, but maybe not true aces. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. I think the rest of the division is bad enough um, that the Royals should be over 500. Um, they should be able to pull wins off of the the, the Twins and off of um, – the Tigers, I, I, I'm not too sure. I think the Tigers are still really aging, and uh, their off-season indication seems to be kind of a sell mode than a buy-and-win-now mode. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, where they're actually going to compete at this year. Um, but I think the Royals are the second-best team in that division. 
um, when healthy, but it's just going to be a matter of can, are they going to be able to pull the wins off of everybody else to kind of, and then when it comes head to head with the Indians, are they going to be able to pull enough games off of that too? And I don't think they will. I think they have a good shot at being a wild card team if they're, if they perform to their best, but I think the Indians with that rotation, now that bullpen with Andrew Miller in there and Cody Allen and, and it's a, in a good, good lineup. You throw Edwin Encarnacion in there. Um, they're just mm-hmm. going to be, I, they're a monster and it's going to be very difficult for any other team in the central. Um, so I see them kind of running away with that division. And like, like I agree with you, I don't know if it'll be as close as the, the voting indicated. Um, another one that was really close was the AL West. And I think this one is uh, as well is a little bit hard to, to predict overall um, at the AL West, because it can go a new one injury to any of these teams vaults another team into the favorite spot. I think at least where are you at on the AL West? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. And we already saw an injury at least early on with the Rangers, Adrian Beltre, he's on the DL to start the year. So I, I mean, I don't think it's a serious injury or anything, so I think he'll be fine. But um, I think it's definitely a division that can run a number of ways, like you were just saying. But I think ultimately, I like the Astros. Um, I mean, I, I, it's really hard for me to pick, to be honest, because I think the Astros and Rangers are both um, – very similar talent-wise. I think they both have talented rosters and are both capable of a postseason run and winning that division. But I don't know. I'd like to see the Astros this year. Yeah, I'm, I, I would like to see the Astros too. My, I am, ah, I'm really high on the Mariners. Um, I like them. I think they have a good pitching rotation, uh, especially if King Felix is healthy. Um, I know yeah. he kind of – got pulled I know he got pulled yesterday I haven't seen much on it anymore um but if man if he 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 didn't he wasn't healthy last year but man if 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 Felix is healthy and Iwakuma's rolling and then that that they have a good offense um Gerard Dyson in there is kind of going to be a fun catalyst as he replaced Austin Jackson um he's got Mm -hmm. He's got more – he's defensively, he's better. He's got more speed. He's got more range. Um, He picked up a lot of experience in Kansas City, um, backing up Lorenzo Cain and kind of being the all-over-the-field, quick guy. He could steal bases. You know, he he comes up, and my word, he's going to put pressure on. He's a great leadoff guy to throw into that. If you have Robbie Cano, um, not Corey Seager, Kyle Seager, um, it's going to be an interesting team, and I think they've got a lot in them. Um, that it's going to be, they have a good bullpen too. It'll be, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I don't know if they can win the division necessarily because I don't know if they have the firepower to to, to compete with the Rangers and the, um, the Astros, like you said. But I think it's going to be a big three-team race at the top there. And I think at least two of the teams make the postseason. Um, I think the other one goes to the AL East um, for the other wild card spot, um, our site itself went in this order: the Rangers, Mariners, and a- Rangers with three votes. The Mariners and Astros tied with two votes, and someone predicted the Angels to win the division, which is I think is an interesting but long shot because I don't buy their rotation enough. Um, they can hit the ball, but they I don't know if I really buy their rotation as a whole. Um, the A's, they're the A's. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. They have. They, they have a decent hitting lineup. Their pitching staff and the rotation, though, um, looks especially weak without Sonny Gray. 
Uh, I think it's a, I guess, I think it's a decent team, um, but I am not going to buy into them as a potential postseason contender um, until they really show something to us this year. Um, and then we'll move on. So we have right now we have the Red Sox, Rangers, and Indians predicted um, for the uh, for the divisions. Um, who do you think? Who do you see as getting potential wild card spots for the AL? Um, potential wild card spots. I would say, I'd say the Blue Jays, just because I picked the Red Sox to win the division. So I think ultimately the Blue Jays will come in second and, um, in part, be one of the wild card teams. And I think really the second wild card team would go to whoever comes in second in the ALS, whether it be the Astros losing out or the Mariners or Rangers losing out. Pretty much whoever comes in second out of the ALS, I think, really has a chance to win that um, second AL wild card spot. But I wouldn't count the Yankees out also. Yeah, um, our, our site went um, went over on this one. Ooh, Brandon Crawford just blasted one off the wall. Sorry, I'm watching the game as we do this. Um, runners on second and third after Brandon Crawford just hit a double. Um, I am with you on that. I think the Toronto Blue Jays, um, whoever comes in second, for me, whoever comes in second in the AL East and the AL West are going to be the two wild card teams. Um, the only weird thing I could see happening is maybe – um, the second and third spot in the AL West is too competitive and too, and they kind of take too many wins off of each other. And um, someone like the Orioles or the Yankees beats up really hard on um, on the bottom feeders and pulls out enough wins to overtake those two. I think that that's but that you know we kind of saw that last year um, as the Astros and the Mariners were in the running for the wild card, and then it became the three horse race in the for the AL East to do it. And so we could see something like that. Um, it'll be interesting, very interesting to see how that all pans out. Um, but I'm with you on that. I think it's going to be the Blue Jays. Um, and I think clearly they're the second best team in the AL East. And then it's from there, it's going to be um, whoever kind of comes in second in the AL West. Um, which for me, I would take the Mariners just because I like their pitching staff um, as a whole. Um, a lot more, and I think um, the, the offensive pieces that they have are a little bit they're, – they're veteran, they're, they're proven guys um, compared to where Houston's got a lot of young upstart guys that have a lot of upside and promise, but, um, you know, they have the potential to not deliver. Um, so we'll see how that works out. Um, let's move on to the National League. I know we've already gone through the NL West. Um, pre, we said the Dodgers and Giants are kind of those top two – um, who do you have? Let's go with the NL least. Um, last year, I'll tell you this, I made a bet with a friend before the season starts that the Washington Nationals would actually beat the New York Mets um, in the division series, in the division, didn't believe me, told me they'd be under 500. They win 90 plus games. Um, so I, I like the Nash. I do like the Nationals, but I think this year's Mets team, I think if they're really healthy too, I think this, this is the time that they're going to go to win a division. That's what our website had. Um, what do you think on that one? Yeah, that that's what I have, too. I mean, the Nationals have talent on their roster. I mean, they have Max Scherzer. They have Bryce Harper. I mean, some of the biggest stars in the game. But I think the Mets are just really deep um, depth-wise, and both from their starting rotation and from their lineup. So I think this is really their year, like you were saying. Um so, yeah, I, I think that'll be another 
tough race, but I, I think ultimately the Mets will win out. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, hopefully their pitching rotation can stay healthy. You already saw Steven Matz go down. He's on the DL for a little bit. Um, that kills me because he's in my fantasy. He's on both my fantasy teams, and I had to go make changes. I was kind of mad about that. Um, anyways, uh, I did, the Nationals, the thing is, is the Nationals, are, you know, the only thing that they lost really um, was from last year was Melanson. And Melanson did, was huge for them down the stretch. And they went to go need to get the closer. They lost him. And then Wilson Ramos, um, who uh, got hurt. Um, and now, uh, I know it's kind of kind of a sucky situation, but they go and they get Matt Wieters there. Um, the question is, is who's going to be their closer? I don't know how, how much of a fall off that the Nationals could have because Bryce Harper had a terrible year last year, and they still won 90-plus games. So, they they have the potential to win the division still. And I think it's going to be closer than it indicates. I don't know if they necessarily run away, that the Mets would necessarily run away with the division, but I think the Mets pitching is just too good as a whole. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how any of that goes. Um, move on to the NL Central. Our website went unanimously as the Chicago Cubs winning the division. I'm there. I'm sure you're there as well. I think the yeah. question here is, is there anything in the NL Central that makes you say, hey, the Chicago Cubs could not win the division this year? Is there anything at all, an inkling with any of these teams, or is, are they just head and shoulders that far above it and it's borderline a foregone conclusion? I think it's just a foregone conclusion, unless unless they have a serious amount of injuries, like key players like Chris Bryant gets hurt, Anthony Rizzo, someone, players are of that stature, if they get hurt, then maybe things could get a little interesting. But I think just overall, they just have so much talent on their <laughs> roster that it's just, I, I don't know. I don't see any other scenario where another team could win the division. I, I just can't see it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, I think if there's any team in that in the Central um, that can beat them, I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals. And I still don't think that they can do it. Um, they have they can hit the ball. The Cardinals can hit the ball pretty well. I don't know if their their pitching is going to be good enough because that was their issue last year. They had the best hitting team in baseball. Their best they, they were one of the best teams in, as far as runs scored. They were one of the best teams as far as um, as, as team batting average. Um, they had a great offense and they could not and they, they still didn't make the playoffs because their pitching wasn't good enough. I think if their, their pitching can be good, then they could be at the best they can compete for a wild card spot and should be considered a wild card team. Um, but I don't buy it um, too much. I don't buy as it, I don't buy them too much as a divisional contender. I don't buy the pirates and then the reds and the, and the brewers are years off from competing um, in that, in that division. Um, Cause neither of them have the prospects um, to come up and compete with what the Cubs and the Cardinals are doing. So, um, the Pirates too are kind of getting. They've got some young pitching ca- talent, but I don't. I, I just don't know um, if I if I buy them that being good enough to unseat the Cubs or even outdo the Cardinals. Um, we'll have to see. Um, it's a long season too. Injuries can happen. You never know. Um, but yeah, I think it's pretty much unanimous that the Cubs are going to win this division. 
Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they do, and it wouldn't surprise me if they have the best record in the NL. So now, uh, since we've already talked NL West, um, we've got the Mets, the Cubs, and the Dodgers being the divisional winners in here. Um, give me your uh, wild card predictions. Who do you think? Do you, do you think the Giants maybe get beat for a wild card spot, or do you think it's they, they should be in the postseason no matter what? I think they'll be in the postseason no matter what. I think anytime you have an elimination game and you have a a guy named Madison Bumgarner on the mound, I think luck is in your hands. I think, um, yeah, as long as Madison Bumgarner is pitching in a wild card game, I I'd pick the Giants every time. That's that's just how confident I I am in him and his abilities and especially his ability to shine in big game moments. So. Um, I think the Giants will win the first seed out of the wild card teams, and I think either the Cardinals or the Nationals will get that second seed. Um, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals being the second seed, though, just because of, like you were saying, just of how strong their lineup is, how they have one of the better offenses in the National League. But I think ultimately the Giants will uh, prevail in that wild card matchup. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite of the Cardinals on you. I'm going to go with the Nationals on this just because um, I still think that's a 90-win team. And if they're going to be a 90-win team, I I have a hard time seeing them not being in the playoffs um, because I don't know if the Cardinals or if the Giants are going to be a 90-win team. Um, I'm not going to necessarily – I don't know if the Giants – at the peak, I think the Giants Giants could be a 90-win team. And I think the the Cardinals at the peak could be a 90-win team. But a lot of teams don't reach that ceiling. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, I think I, I know I have a good feeling the Giants are going to be one of the ones in it. Um, and, and then for me, I'm going to go with the Nationals just because, uh, I, like I said, I think they're a 91 team. And they didn't lose a whole lot. Um, uh, Steven Strasburg and uh, Bryce Harper have better years. And then someone like, um, oh gosh, uh, Gio Gonzalez has a little bit more of a, to his career average type year because um, he was very all over the place last year. If he can be a, can have a consistent career average year, that, that team's a 90-win team. And so that that's kind of where I'm at on that one. So we've got our playoff pictures for the AL and the NL. You said Red Sox, Indians, Rangers, Blue Jays, and whoever comes in second in the AL East, I said, or in the AL West, I said the same. Um, the National League, we have pretty much the same thing. Um, except I have the Nationals in the in the wild card spot, and you have the Cardinals in the wild card spot. Who makes it to the ALCS and the NLCS out of those groups? Who do you think? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go the Red Sox, and hmm, I'm trying to oh Indians. Duh, <laughs> I was totally blanking out on. The second team. I'm gonna go Red Sox and Indians for the AL. I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, the only thing I could see happening is maybe the Blue Jays meet up with the Red Sox yeah. in the playoffs, and their bullpen um, does a good enough job, um, and their offense is still good. Um, I think it'll be. I think, like I said, I think that bullpen is gonna be a bit of an Achilles heel for Boston because um, I'm not entirely sold on it. I am sold on Toronto's bullpen, especially with Roberto Osuna, if he's healthy um, come playoff time. 
Um, I, that's the only way I could see someone else getting into the ALCS, but uh, I think the Cleveland Indians should be a lock depending on who they play um, out of the wild card game if they end up having to play someone out of the wild card game. Because um, if they go up against the if they go up against the Rangers, I think they have the Rangers beat um, just because their pitching staff is way too good, their hitting is way too good, and their bullpen is just better than what the Rangers have to offer. Um, so I think. I think it, it's a you could almost unless something severe happens with the Indians, you could almost put them as a lock for the ALCS. And even then, last year they had like half their rotation missing and still made it to, you know, they were within innings of and a couple of runs of winning the World Series. Um, made it to seven games in the World Series without any of their aces, almost outside of Kluber. So um, the, that Indians team should be a lock, like I said. NLCS, I'm gonna go. Um, we'll move on to that one. I'm going to go, I think the Giants, um, as, as long as they can avoid the Cubs, will be in the NLCS. If not, it's going to be the Cubs and Dodgers. Um, but if the Giants can pull off a, um, either pull off an upset over the Cubs, um, I can see, uh, you know, I can see the Giants and Dodgers in the NLCS. Um, those, for our website, actually, those were the only three teams that anyone put into the NLCS. It was just a smorgasbord of different matchups um, of who had it. Um, so uh, we had six times the San Francisco Giants appeared in the NLCS on votes, and then the Chicago Cubs and Dodgers um, tied for five times um, appearing in um, the NLCS um, in our website vote. Where are you at on the NLCS? I'm sorry, I cut out for a second. I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, no, it's fine. Who, who I, I, I think, yeah, who's your pick for the NLCS? Okay, um... Yeah, I think it's any combination of the Giants, Cubs, and Dodgers. I, I I would like to, I'd honestly love to see Giants Dodgers. I think that'd be an incredible matchup, one that we haven't seen in a long time. It's one we've never seen. It's one we've never seen. Yeah. The Giants and Dodgers have never faced each other in the postseason ever. That's insane. That's <laughs> crazy. With how historic the rivalry rivalry uh, rivalry is, and how long. Uh, they've each been playing against each other over the years. I mean, you would expect that, and I think that'd mm-hmm. be really good game of baseball. I'd love to see that, but I think it's just too hard to leave that Cubs team out there. I, I honestly can't pick between the thir- between pick two out of the three. Yeah, um, I'm in the same boat. Um, I it's just I think it depends on who mat- who gets the matchups. Um, come yeah. Uh, you know, come once the postseason field is set, um, it depends on who gets the matchups. And if the Giants, I think the Giants have a good shot at beating the Dodgers in a seven-game series because um, I think they have the slightly deeper rotation. Um, I, the, the, Cub, the Cubs, though, man, that's that's a hard matchup for whoever has to deal with them because um, they're just so good. Yeah. Uh, so who do you – let's see, who's your World Series combo? Let's say your World Series matchup. Um and then who wins it for you? I could see, I could honestly see a rematch of last year's World Series. I, I think that's definitely attainable. You don't really see that too often in baseball, where both teams make it in back-to-back years. But uh, I think it's definitely possible. I, it's really hard for me to pick against the Cubs with how good of a t- roster they have. I honestly think they can win back-to-back. I know that's extremely hard, but um, I, that roster is just really good. 
and I think they can do it. Yeah, um, I'm with you on the rematch. Um, although I would love to see a Giants Indians or a Giants Red Sox uh, World yeah. Series, um, but I feel like the Indians in them kind of the Indians kind of have the uh, have a Kansas City Royals feel to them. You know, the Royals lose in Game Seven um, of the World Series in relatively heartbreaking fashion um, after you know destroying the Giants in Game Six. Um, then Alex Gordon gets a triple fans here because um, I live in Kansas City still maintain that if he went home they would have won the world they would have tied it um, I don't think I think Brandon Crawford would have gunned him out and it would have been a heck of a finish to the World Series um, but you know what happened happened and then they come back the next year and absolutely destroy the Mets um, in uh, in the World Series I think the Indians kind of have that in them and I'm going to actually take the Indians this time around um, uh, if if it comes to an Indians-Cubs matchup, um, I'm going to take the Indians just because, uh, it's one, it's very, very hard to go back-to-back in baseball, um, and it's very, very – and you, we, we, what we have seen in the past couple – in the history of the past few years is, that, you know, the team that loses the World Series comes back and um, wins it the next year. Uh, you know, even – so you look at the Royals, um, the Phillies were an interesting team. I know they've won it their first time in 2008 and lost to the Yankees in 2009, but the Yankees I thought were close in 2008 and then won it in 2009. Um, so I think it's, it's those teams that are, that are painfully close, but they still have a lot of talent that come back. I think the Indians are one of those teams and have a good shot at winning it all. Um, especially if they have their full staff and their full starting rotation healthy, it's, it's going to be a nightmare if over has to deal with them. Um, so that concludes our MLB predictions overall here. Um, uh, and then we're going to move on to our award winners here. Um, let's take a look at uh, the predicted award winners. So we'll just give it a rundown. Give me an AL and an NL Cy Young winner for you. AL Cy Young, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Chris Sale. I think, I think he has a big year. For the Red Sox this year, um, NL, I want to go. I want to go Kershaw again, just because he's the greatest pitcher in baseball. Um, but I honestly think Madison Bumgarner has a good shot to compete with the Cy Young Award as well against Kershaw this year. I think this will be a big year for Bumgarner as well. Um, but ultimately, it, it's hard for me to pick against Kershaw with his proven track record in the regular season yeah i'm with you on that um chris uh, uh chris sale i'm with you um winning the al Cy young and then kershaw i think as long as kershaw can avoid the dl for a significant amount of time this yeah. year it's going to be him if he has another year like last year um and madison Baumgartner does what what you know continues to build on what we saw opening day um i think matt this could be madison Baumgartner's year um as the cy young um, but I really think that depends on if, if if Kershaw has a bad year or Kershaw sees DL um, the designate the DL for an extended amount of time like he did last year. Um, let's see. We're gonna move back. Um, let's go back. Let's go to the AL MVP. Um, take a look at. Um, I had Mike Trout winning the AL MVP, and then for the NL, our site actually had a tie. A three-way tie at the top with Bryant, Arenado, and Harper, um, each getting two votes. 
I really liked Arenado last year because I thought his defense um, was so stinking good um, compared to Chris Bryce that that should have been factored into the equation. But if you also take a look at his home and road splits, he was much better at home at Coors, and I think that hurts him um, because he's not doing the same thing at Coors that he is at the road. So it looks like Coors may be, quote-unquote, inflating his numbers. I don't know if it necessarily is um, because he's still a, a freaking amazing player. But um, do you think that there's any chance that anyone upsets Chris Bryant or Mike Trout? I think if anyone's going to upset Mike Trout, it'll be Manny Machado. I can see him upsetting him, or I could see someone like Mookie Betts or Jose Altuve. But I don't know. I'm expecting a big year out of Manny Machado. I think ultimately it will be Mike Trout, but I wouldn't be surprised if Manny Machado um, upset him or Jose Altuve did. And then I think Chris Bryant is going to win it, but I could also see Arenado or I could see Anthony Rizzo, his own teammate, even upsetting him this year um, mm-hmm. if he can stay healthy. But, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a tough race between both leagues for the MVP award. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch as that unfolds. Um, Take a look now. Um, we'll run into one of the last parts of our awards. Um, rookie of the year. Is there any rookie outside? I mean, our site was almost unanimous in Andrew Benintendi winning it. Um, do, do you think potentially he has a shot at it? Or um, or do you, you think there's anyone else who has a shot at it is actually my question there. Um, that could potentially unseat him um, as a favorite for the AR Rookie of the Year? Or do you think it's going to be all Benintendi? Yeah, oh man, that's. I, I wish I would have looked a little more into um, some rookies. I, I should have done that a little bit before the show, but I mean, Benintendi is definitely the most recognizable name in um, in the American League, and I, I honestly think he will end up winning the award. Uh, Greg Bird, though, with the Yankees, I think he. He's supposed to be a pretty big power bat in that lineup. I think he could overtake it as well, but I think ultimately it'll be Benintendi um, winning the award. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting too to see what happens if Clint Frazier can come up and make a difference with um, with them at all. Um, if he comes up, I don't know. I know he broke camp um, down in AAA with them. He's one of their top prospects. People are really, really high on him. Um, it would be super cool to see him up there this year. I think um, he, outside of the Yank, outside of Greg Bird, um, could potentially challenge Benintendi if he comes up and has an impact. Um, but I don't know. I don't really hear much about other rookies around the league um, in the AL um, that, that could come up and do something. I know the A's have a lot of rookies playing as well um, this year, um, and young guys playing. So it could be interesting to see if one of those has a, one of them has a really, really good year, um, that maybe they end up, um, in the, in the conversation as well. Um, and our rookie of the year, our site again was a runaway with Dansby, Dansby Swanson. Um, I'm kind of in that boat too, but I do think Hunter Renfro or Manuel Margot, um, has a, has a really good shot at, um, being his competitor, um, for it. Um, so we'll have to see how that works out, but maybe Ty Black comes out and, um, it does well in the fifth starter role. And all of a sudden we're starting to talk about Ty Black for it. Um, that could be interesting because he still hasn't surpassed his, uh, rookie, um, 
his rookie limits. Um, but are are you in the same boat for Dan Sweet Swanson as the rookie of the year? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, although I also wanted to mention, I could also see Tyler Glasnow from the Pirates. I could see him having a big year too. I know he's a prospect that they're really high on. So I think he has a chance just as much as uh, Hunter Renfro, like you were saying. But I think ultimately it will be Dansby Swanson. But like you were saying, who knows, maybe Ty Block. That would be that'd be pretty cool too. Yeah, well, I mean, I think in, it's funny because in two, last, or 2015, yes, 2015 people, um, you know, oh, all right, Chris Bryant comes up. Yep, he's got it. And then Matt, Matt Duffy came away solid in second, surprised everybody. Um, as the second option for rookie of the year, finished second in that voting. Um, I think maybe Ty Black, if he comes in or Ty Block comes in and does that, um, and does what you know, he doesn't have to, you know, replicate what he did against the Dodgers in the penultimate game last year. But if he can do, if he can be, you know, a solid starter, kind of go 500 and keep his whip and ERA down, you could be looking at him as a as a potential option for that rookie of the year. Um, thing. Let's move into the last bit of our awards. Um, let's go look at the managers of the year. Um, who do you think is going to take the manager of the year potentially for the AL and the NL? Ooh. All right. Um, for the AL, I would I'd probably say Terry Francona has a pretty good, uh, pretty good chance at winning it. And then I liked on the site too for the NL. I liked Bad Bud Black, or yeah, I liked Bud Black um, for a potential um, candidate. Also, Mike Matheny as well. Um, but yeah, I think I, I kind of agree with the site with Francona and Black. Yeah, um, it was interesting, too, because our site, we had a tie between Sir Scott Servais and Terry Francona. I think Scott Servais um, with the Mariners uh, wins it if the Mariners make the postseason. If not, um, it's probably going to go to someone like A.J. Hinch or Terry Francona, unless um, Farrell has a ridiculously good time up in Boston and, um, you know, they pull off like 100 wins or something ridiculous. Um, it could be kind of interesting, but uh, I'm still – I'm. Personally, like I said, I'm high on the Mariners this year. Uh, I thought Scott Cervais was very, very deserving of it last year um, as they were within the postseason um, window. Um, but that could be an interesting one to watch. I think it just depends on whether Scott Cervais makes the postseason or not if they do um, or comes extremely close, um, like, you know, half a half a, you know, half a game out or a full game, you know, just misses the postseason. I think he could also have a shot at it. The NL manager of the year, I think, is – I'd be shocked if if the Rockies are good and are above 500. I think Bud Black wins it for the job um, yeah. he's done there. Um, you saw he's a great manager, um, and he was very very good in San Diego. The San Diego teams I felt were always better than they should have been when he was managed there. And I think the, it got to a point where the rosters were so bad the last couple of years um, that there wasn't going to be um, much of a change on that. Um, that he wasn't going to be able to have that influence on the outcome for their team. Um, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he did it. Uh, I know on our site, Terry Collins um, and Bruce Bochy and Mike Matheny all received a bunch of votes. And then Brian Snyder was the one odd lone vote um, for the Braves. But I think the Braves are kind of interesting too. I think if, if he has them above 500, I think that's a solid 
um, option considering how bad they were the last couple of years. Um, but overall, I mean, I think it's going to be a good year. I'm excited to see how it all plays out. I know we're going to revisit these around the halfway point this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We've said Cubs and Indians World Series again. I have the Indians winning it all this time around. Uh, Justin has the Cubs winning it all this time around. Um, but yeah, so that's going to do it for us. Um, go ahead, uh, follow our website. You can follow us at aroundthefoghorn.com. You can go and subscribe and get our articles written, sent to your email inbox every single day. Um, as well as you can customize it based on your favorite teams. Um, we are a member of the fan sided network, as mentioned before. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at round the foghorn. Um, the, the a in around the foghorn is actually the at sign in the, in the handle. Um, so make sure you look at it that way. Um, also you can take a look at us on Facebook. We are there. Um, not as active on Facebook as we are on Twitter, but, um, that just kind of goes with the internet medium. Um, also you can follow us and subscribe to us here on block talk radio. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sperry Daniel nine, four and Justin, where can people find you on Twitter? They can find me on Twitter at Slug Rogers, um, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. I know a lot of people forget the, to put the D in my last name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's where you can find me. I, I wish I could put my full name, just have a Justin Rogers, but unfortunately that's taken. Yep. Oh, I know. That's always what happens when we have common names. All right. Anyways, it has been a great show tonight. Um, Giants currently up three to nothing. Um, get to into that game. It's on NBC Sports Bay Area. That'll do it for our episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you're listening to the recorded version of it, thanks for sticking with us. It's been a little bit of a long show. Um, got a lot to cover, too, covering the whole um, season predictions. But uh, Hope to hear you back. We'll be back next week. We'll discuss where the Giants are at. Um, and so come back, tune in next week, and thanks for listening, folks.